0: walking with jesus serving with love and sharing with courage welcome to the pecan podcast Hello, friends. It's Pastor Courtney. So good to be with you on this next installment of the PCOM podcast summer series on prayer. We have talked about prayer walks. We've talked about looking up. We've talked about prayer journaling and using objects for prayer, like stones or beads, as a reminder. We've talked about all sorts of different practices of prayer, and today we are going to talk about a, a less gentle practice of prayer. This is a less gentle invitation to prayer. And today we're going to talk about prayers of anger. How can we pray our anger when we are filled with rage, with frustration, with vitriol, even with hatred, how can we bring those big, often frightful feelings, how can we bring those big feelings to God? Are we allowed? Are we able? Are we invited to bring our anger to God? I'm going to share a story that um, I share in my my book that's coming out in August, and the book is called Happy Now. It is not a book about anger, Um, but this is a true story, and I've changed some of the details to protect the people who are involved and to protect their privacy. Um, But when I was a pastor in Wisconsin, I had a woman in the church ask for an appointment with me, and she came in, and I, I suspected I knew why she was coming in, because it had been in the news, and it had been in the paper, that her son-in-law had kidnapped her grandson. There was a restraining order against him, and her daughter was living in great fear. This man was violent. He had been in and out of prison. And he was out again and they were all terrified and he came through and he kidnapped his son whom he wasn't allowed to see because of violent episodes in his past. And he kidnapped his son and he took him outside of town. And when the police got there, he was sitting on the front steps, very intoxicated holding a gun to his son's head. And the story ended without a great tragedy. The police were able to talk him down. They were able to get the grandson away and to safety. They were able to get the the mom to safety, reunite her with her son. But the woman who came to my office was the grandmother of this young boy and she was so shaken. And so I waited to see what she would say, and she shared with me that the hardest piece for her, besides the fear that this would happen again, was the hatred that she felt. And she said, I've been a Christian my whole life. I've been a Christian my whole life, and I know I'm not supposed to hate anyone, but I hate him. I hate him for what he's done to my daughter. I hate him for what he's done to my grandson. And we... We both knew the, the grandson he was part of the church and that he was physically okay, but the trauma, the trauma of having this happen, having your own father do something so incredibly, terrifyingly, dangerously violent. She said, I know I can't hate him. I shouldn't hate him. I don't know what to do. And... I had been reading in the Psalms earlier that day, encountering a Psalm that I had never read before, or I, I had never remembered reading it before, and it made me so uncomfortable I wasn't sure what to do. And so we read the Psalm together, and I'm, I'm going to read it for you now. This is Psalm 137. By the rivers of Babylon we sat and wept when we remembered Zion. There on the poplars we hung our harps, for there our captors asked us for songs. Our tormentors demanded songs of joy. They said, sing us one of the songs of Zion. How can we sing the songs of the Lord while in a foreign land? If I forget you, O Jerusalem, may my right hand forget its skill. May my tongue cling to the roof of my mouth if I do not remember you. If I do not consider Jerusalem my highest joy. Remember, O Lord, what the Edomites did on the day Jerusalem fell. Tear it down, they cried. Tear it down to its foundations. O daughter of Babylon, doomed to destruction, happy is he who repays you for what you have done to us. He who seizes your infants and dashes them against the rock. this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We read this Psalm together in my little church office there in Wisconsin. And she looked at me and said, can I pray this? Is this a thing I can pray? And I said, well, it's, it's in the Bible. And we sat with it for a while and we we were both really uncomfortable with that level of violence and hatred. And then we began to parse it a little bit. Because here is the thing about prayer. We can bring our deepest feelings to God. Our hatred, our rage, our anger, our fear, whatever it is that is seething through our soul, our bitterness, our sense of injustice, the wrongs done against us, the systemic sin that we see infecting our culture, our world, we can bring it to God. And God is good. God doesn't take a prayer of Psalm 137 and take infants and dash them against the rocks. God is the God who saves. God is the God who heals. We can ask God for anything. We can bring God the depths of our hate and our hatred and anger and frustration and rage. And God holds it all. God is big enough to hold it all. And then God will do what is right and what is good. So, this is the hope of bringing our anger to God in prayer. That when we offload it, when we hand it to God, when we say what we would like to have happen to this person who held a grandson at gunpoint, and then leave the results in the hands of God, we are changed. And by the end of our time together, she said, I don't, I don't forgive him. I don't want to forgive him, but maybe I want to want to forgive him from very far away when I know that he's back in jail. And I said, that is a place to start. Our God is a God who hates injustice. Our God is a God who hates sin. Our God is a God who is present with your grandson in that moment. He was not alone. And God will walk with him the days as he works through this trauma I don't have all the answers, any of the answers, (laughs) about why God allows things like this to happen. But I know that God walks with us in our anger, in our rage, in our pain, and in our grief. So friends, my invitation to you is to bring the depths of your heart and your soul to the Lord. If there's anger there, we often aren't very kind to ourselves in our anger. Instead of Listening to it and figuring out where its roots are and what its causes are, we often just say, well, I shouldn't be angry. I'm not angry. But anger is a strong emotion, and it's often rooted in injustice or pain or brokenness or difficulty. We can be angry on behalf of someone else. The times in my life I've felt the deepest rage have often been because I saw someone else being mistreated, being abused, being spoken down to or spoken harshly against. And it doesn't mean there's not unrighteous anger, right? I get angry when someone cuts me off in traffic, and that's more about me in my own hurry. But often our anger can be rooted in these, these deeper things. And God says, bring that to me, unfiltered, and speak to me from the depths of your heart. How does it feel? what have you been through? I see you. I love you. Bring it to me. Because here's the thing, as any good counselor or therapist or psychologist or psychiatrist will tell you, if we ignore the feelings, if we ignore how we're feeling, those feelings don't go away. They just tend to squirt out sideways. If we say we're not angry, but we really are, we're not dealing productively with our anger. And dealing productively is a multifaceted thing that can mean bringing it to the Lord in prayer. It can also mean going for a really long, hard run. It can mean pulling weeds in the garden. It can mean punching a pillow. It can mean confronting someone who needs confrontation. All of these things. But when we don't deal with our anger productively, it will come out in other ways. It can come out as, as physical illness. It can come out as you know we snap at our spouse for something tiny because what we really are angry about is the meeting we had with our boss that didn't go well. God invites us to bring us our anger. I invite you to read Psalm 137 especially those last few verses, and to think about when you have felt this type of anger in your own life. And it may not be against a person. It may be against the cancer. It may be against the regulation that made you lose your house. It may be against the boss that always finds fault. It may be against any, any number of things. It may not be against a person. It may be against the tornado that swept through your town or the heat wave that killed your garden, but we can bring our anger to God. And not only can we, but God invites us to come to Him as children. We read in the Gospels that Jesus says, unless someone comes to me as a little child, they will never enter the kingdom of heaven. And here's the thing about children they are uninhibited. If they are angry, you will know. Wilson, mid-pandemic, went through a phase that he called hammer hands. And when he would get angry, he would say, I'm going to hammer hands you. And we had to teach him, you can hammer hands a pillow. You can hammer hands the sandbox. You cannot hammer hands your brother. Um, But kids know when they're angry and they're able to express it. And we often need to guide and help them in expressing it in healthy ways. But the kids won't say I'm not angry. Kids will say I'm angry. That makes me angry, especially young kids. Felicity, when she's not allowed to have a sweet when she wants it, will say I'm a little bit mad. I'm a little bit mad. And Jesus invites us to come to Him in the same way. And we don't have to prejudge the feeling and say Jesus, I'm angry, but I shouldn't be. We can just say Jesus, I'm angry. Help me. Help me sift through this anger. And what is anger that can be productive, that can give me energy, that can help me work for change, for transformation, bring me to my knees in repentance or confession, work to fix this system that I see harming my brothers and sisters who I love? And which parts are sin that needs to be rooted out, that this anger is rooted in bitterness or selfishness or lack of love? God will show us. God and a good counselor often And Daryl and I talk about this quite a bit, um, but we are big believers in wise, wise mental health professionals to walk alongside us. And we did that series earlier on the podcast mid-pandemic on Christianity and mental health. Um, But if that is something in your life you think, gosh, I could really use a counselor to talk to or a therapist, we keep a list of, of therapists and counselors that we refer out to as a church. Uh, Because we're pastors, we are not trained counselors or therapists. So if that's something that would be helpful, you can feel in your heart that there is anger that scares you. There's unbridled anger. You're not sure what will happen if it is unleashed, if it is loosed. Um, Write to me, write to me. All of that is confidential. And I would love to connect you with a counselor or therapist that might be a good fit to walk with you through this season. Friends, we can pray our anger. A simple start is to sit before the Lord and say, God, I'm angry about this, and then list it and then tell God why. Dump it all out at the foot of the cross. God is big enough to handle our questions, our pain, our biggest emotions. That woman came into my church office over 10 years ago. Her grandson is now grown. Her faith, Is grown. They have had a more peaceful path on the other side, not because of anything I said, but because she brought her anger to God in prayer. We can bring our deepest emotions to the Lord. I invite you this week to pray your anger, to pray your anger. Don't shove it down. Don't pretend it isn't there. Don't try to ignore it, but pray it. Give it to the Lord. I'll be with you again next week, friends. And until then, take care, be well, and God bless.